Welcome to Dr. Cheryl's Pod Couch, where we talk about all things mental health and parenting. Today, I am very excited to have on debut co-author of Process, How Discipline and Consistency Will Set You and Your Business Free, Lisa Gonzalez. Lisa grew up in an entrepreneurial family that was pursuing the American dream in Southern California. She graduated from UCLA and attended law school at the University of Texas at Austin. After practicing law for several years, she missed the world of entrepreneurs and joined the operations team of a startup company. After years of using various tools to improve operations with varying success, she implemented EOS and it made all the difference. The startup grew to over 20 million in revenue, generated consistent profits, and developed a healthy leadership team. She is here to talk about her new book and how you can apply it to all different areas of your life. And I'm so happy to have you on, Lisa. How are you? I am great. So great to see you. So great to see you. I want everybody to know that Lisa and I have known each other for many, many years. She's had a book, maybe this book, Cooking Inside of Her, um, for a very long time. And I am really thrilled to see it come to life and to talk about it today. So tell us, tell us your story of of how you got here, why you, why are you writing this book? What's your whole story around getting here? So absolutely, yes. So my family probably had 10 different businesses when I was growing up and all in all different areas of, of industry. And I think just I was wired to really try to see if I could help them run better. So on whether it was weekends and definitely summers, I'd help with kind of just helping organize. You know, we were 10 businesses, four kids, um, and really just chasing that American dream. And so they, some of our businesses went, were really successful, some not so much. And so I think just in me, I just had this natural inclination to how do you help things on the operation side? Awesome. So you kind of had it in your blood from your childhood and how did that translate into becoming the co-author of this book, this whole EOS book and tell us about EOS and what does all sure. of that mean? Absolutely. So EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. It was developed by uh, Gino Wickman and his partner, Don, uh, Don Tinney, over, I think, 15 years ago. And it really is a way, uh, a, a combination of simple and practical tools for entrepreneurial companies to really help them not only run a better business, but live a better life. And so um, everything about EOS is is based on business principles that have been around for Know, hundreds of years and will be around for a thousand more. And because we are working with entrepreneurial companies, um, we know that things just have to be different than how and businesses run differently than it's typically run like in a huge established corporation. So the tools of EOS uh, are really simple and practical. We help leadership teams get better at three things that we call vision, traction, and healthy. So we help them get very aligned on on the vision, like where the organization's going and how they're going to get there, very aligned on traction so we instill discipline and rhythms and accountability so that they can keep that vision alive and execute, and then healthy. Because of the work we do together, our teams end up becoming very like fun and cohesive because they really are open and honest with each other and dive into solving the problems in the organization. So that's how EOS, that's the story of EOS and my connection with it is um, I ended up, when I left the practice of law, I joined a, a family-run startup, and we tried a bunch of different business principles from, we had been a part of EO and YPO, and we'd always get, you know, try this book from, you know, Patrick Lencioni, or try this idea from, 
Jim Collins and what EOS did is pull together those business leaders ideas and put them into a way that you can implement them, you know, week after week and quarter after quarter in your organization. So the founder of the company I was working at or that I had joined said, here's a copy of this book called Traction and Traction is the book written by Gina Wickman, who's the founder of EOS. And the founder is a visionary, you know, had skimmed it high, high level. And I got a copy of the book and just devoured it. Like many people who have implemented EOS in their businesses. And so I read every page, bookmarked it like in ways I had never um, done with other business books. And I'm always reading business books. And so uh, we implemented it in, in that business and it, all of, all of the promises came true where we, we have an alignment and vision. We had multiple locations throughout the country. And we were able to create really great leadership teams in those markets um, and get consistent revenues and profits. And so I, the impact it made, not only on the business, but in my own life and the life of the other leaders was so profound that I went out um, and got trained professionally to become an EOS implementer and, um, and started my journey. And now I get to work with great, great organizations around, around the country. So is that your main job is an EOS implementer? Yeah, that is well one of my many, you know, full-time <laughs> jobs, right? Because in addition to being an implementer, uh, of course, there's the book and uh, we help people, you know, get their processes documented through process workshops. And of course, I'm a, I'm a mom as well. So we have a, my husband and I have three kids. We have an 18-year-old, a six-year-old and a, and an eight-year-old. So we're, yeah, as you know, one of our many full-time jobs. Yeah, but that's, that's where I just can get great access to making an impact on, on my clients' lives. So it's so interesting. I wrote down what you wrote, the three, what do you call them? The three what? Vision, traction, and healthy. Yes, I wrote those down, but what do you call those? Those are your... But, uh, that's what we help our what we help our clients achieve. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Like kind of like those are like the end goals or that's part of the process or something. Yes. Yeah. Because it's interesting as you said those, and I haven't heard you say those before, that's very similar to what I do in therapy. Um, mm. We first get clear on you know, values and vision for family and, you know, what's important to you and how do you live those values so that, you know, your vision can come true. And then traction is that consistency, right? We all know with parenting, whether you're talking about potty training or you're talking about disciplining for sneaking screen time, whatever it is, yep. you, you have to be consistent to get the results that you're looking for. And then health, right? The ultimate goal for me yes. is mental, physical health. So I had not heard you say those three things. But That's I, great. Yeah, there's so much, there's so much alignment there. And, you know, it's part of the reason why I really wanted you to come on. I want to support this great book that I know is going to be so helpful for people. And I also wanted, like always, people to see, you know how you say I'm always reading business books, like I'm always reading always reading nonfiction books. <laughs> so yeah, I like to take concepts from different areas and apply them to different areas. And that's very common. When I did it with burnout, um, I'll do it with other topics. And so when I hear you say that, are there ways that you've taken these EOS ideas and actually implemented them into your personal life with your three kids and your husband and your busy life? Have you done that crossover? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny you say that about, um, I have to make myself read fiction books. And even this summer I made a goal to, I'm going to read a non, you know, a non-business book or a non-parenting book or something. And, but it's hard. I always go back to, <laughs> to try to find, you know, some, uh, some non-fiction book. I, so I, I think I said it the opposite way, but yeah. So we absolutely have found, and even the clients I work with understand that there are even parenting principles in how we run an organization that we pull into EOS. You know, we, we teach our teams that 
in order to like become your best as a leadership team, there's some principles from parenting that, that they're going to use. You know, we know our people that work for us have to hear things and we, including ourselves, have to hear things at least seven times in order to hear it for the first time, you know, much like our children, you know, so when we say something as a, as a leader to someone on the team and they're like, I haven't heard this before. Instead, we have to understand, well, you've said it three times, there's four more times to go until people start to internalize it and own it. You know, we know that we have to have a handful of rules that we can't have 23 rules. We teach our teams this also, much like in parenting, you know, you, and we have to walk the talk. We can't tell our teams one thing and then do something else. And so those are even some principles uh, that we bring in from parenting because they're effective. They're effective ways to communicate and hold teams accountable. With respect to my own family, we absolutely, you know, my, that, the business I was a part of, I was connected with Traction about, and EOS about eight years ago. And so at the time, you know, my kids were probably what, 10 and, do the math, 10 and eight, and our little one wasn't even born yet. And so we started to implement and use some of the principles from EOS in our family. So for example, our family has weekly family meetings. Every Sunday, we have a family meeting. We have, you know, the meeting starts on time. It ends on time, just like the, the way I teach my clients. We have the same agenda and we capture issues that are, that are exist in the organization, much like we teach our, I'm sorry, we capture issues that exist in our family, much like we teach our organizations to capture issues so that they can solve them and make them go away forever. Okay. So two questions. I need to know how long is this meeting? How do you know, do you change the start and end times depending on things and how do you create the agenda? Absolutely. So, you know, the meeting, I would say when our kids were younger, the meeting was probably 30 minutes. Today, the meeting's an hour and, and it's, it ends intentionally so that the kids and us don't get distracted or becomes, feels like interminable. So, so the meeting starts on time and ends on time. We have a person in the family, usually one of the kids is responsible for running the meeting. And we use the same agenda every time. So in our family, and to be clear, this is not an EOS thing, way to run your run your family meetings. It's it's our way that we do it as a family mm-hmm. um, that works for us. But mm-hmm. um, the agenda we use every time, those principles are from EOS. Our agenda is we ask, you know, what worked this week? And we go around and have everyone share what worked this week within our family, what didn't work, and then what are issues that they have for the issues list. And it's and then we solve as many issues. We prioritize the issues and solve as many as we can in the time we have allowed uh, for the meeting. And then we um, review the weekly calendar because we have a lot of people with a lot of moving parts. Some people travel. And so we review the calendar for this week and, and a week forward to make sure we're all on the same page with who's covering what and, and where everyone's going to be throughout the week. So, I, yes, I, I understand it doesn't. You know, this isn't like an official EOS thing, but is this similar to the way a manager might run a meeting? Yes, EOS has a very specific way for running the weekly meetings with people on the leadership team and people within departments. And, and we just pulled some of those principles and, and some of those principles for our own family meeting. Mm-hmm. That's great. I love that. What worked? What didn't work? Your issues list and review the weekly calendar. I mean, that's super organized. I yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking yeah. about how that would impact our lives. I don't like reviewing weekly calendars. That would be like my, uh, that would be my stuff point personally. Right. But the rest is right up my alley. So there's something that you do talk about in your book, Process, um, which is the 2080 approach. And I'm super curious what you mean by that. 
so my co-author is Mike Payton, and he was a visionary for EOS for many years, and we worked on the book together. And the, talking about the 20-80 rule, it does borrowing from the Pareto principle of 80-20. And really, when we teach our leadership teams how to document their processes, we ask them to capture 20% of the major steps that will get 80%, will capture 80% of the results. And we're not saying, you know, take out a spreadsheet and a calculator to do this, but we're saying high level, what are the major steps in a process that they have identified? So we, we teach our teams a three-step process documenter as one of the first tools for doc creating their processes strong in their organization. And so we ask them, you know, what are, what are your major processes? And then we have them document and simplify those processes. And then we teach them how to package them. So when it comes to your processes, for example, let's say you have a higher, your HR process is one of your major or one of your core processes in your organization. We ask them to identify, you know, list out what are the, what are the major steps? And this looks like, you know, bullet points or a flow chart rather than, you know, the super detailed SOP that ends up being 500 pages or so. You had asked earlier, you know, how did I get involved with process? And I have spent so much of my career documenting and capturing how to do things in, in whether it was the family-run organization or my other businesses, and did it at such a high level of detail that you end up with a really cumbersome, huge, beautiful masterpiece, I believe, but one that no one will ever look at or they'll just end up dusty on a bookshelf somewhere in the organization. So this is, you know, two to three pages, checklists, flowcharts, screenshots that let people understand this is the process, this is the approach for how you do things in that department or, or for that core process. You must work with people who hear the word like process and organization and whatever else your buzzwords are and are like, ah, that's not me. That's so not me. I have a little bit of that happening. Like I'm like, there's a lot of process. <laughs> so how do you work with that? How do you work with that resistance or the story that we tell ourselves that like, that's not for me. That's not the way that I operate. Yeah, that is at the heart of this book was written for kind of the, the creatives, the visionaries, the founders of organizations who they hear the word process and want to like, they start checking their watches they're like, I think our conversation's done here. They you know, want to jump off the call. Yeah. This book is for them because my people that are operations people, like they, they get this, right? And they understand it. And a lot of people that run households, they get it. Like they know that this is kind of, these are the systems that we need to, um, to run our family well. Even, you know, if you think about making sandwiches in the morning for lunches, typically people have a process, you know, you put out the bread, you put out the peanut butter, you put the jelly on, you, you know, versus I'm going to reinvent every day how I make my lunch or, reinvent every day how I'm going to drive to work. Like we just don't do that stuff because it makes life easier to have some processes in place. So to address the people who, um, even if I have visionaries and creatives that are still listening to this podcast, I haven't like started crying. We address specifically a few mindsets. One is people's belief that they are not process oriented. And um, the reality is that when you found a company or when you run a household, whatever that looks like, you have done things to figure out what makes your life easier, what makes you know customers smile, and you do more of that. What makes the product easier, you know, maybe gets better reviews if you build it a certain way, and you do more of that. If something makes you know customers unhappy or employees unhappy, you kind of do less of that. And so we are naturally process oriented as just as humans. And so even if you think about you know when people were deciding you know let me capture, let me learn how to recreate fire or eat berries, like people figure that out. 
and figured out which berries to eat that wouldn't poison them and which berries not to eat. And they taught people that and they figured out those processes. So as humankind, we are naturally process oriented. And just because some people are so good at it, they just don't think that they are naturally process oriented. But the reality is you are. Uh, the second mindset that we tackle is this concern that process takes too much time that, you know, if you're going to document processes in your company, for example, that it's going to require the work that I had historically done of making these huge, you know, very detailed lists and documents, notebooks of how to do things in an organization. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about, um, you know, for the high level 2080 approach that we're talking about is, is on the one hand that process, I think people sometimes overestimate the amount of time documenting your processes takes. And when you're using the approach we share in the book, it doesn't take as much time as people anticipate. And I also think that they underestimate the amount of time that lack of process is costing them. You know, the, the time it takes to do things over and over again, or to recoach and retrain employees who didn't feel that they were properly trained and on and on and on. So there's a, there's a saying from UCLA coach uh, John Wooden that if you don't have time to do it right, when are you going to have time to do it over? And that's exactly what we're teaching. If you can do this high level and do it right the first time, it's actually going to save you time. Um, oh, I love that. That quote reminds me, um, I think the person's unknown, but actually it was a YPO event. And the speaker said, I don't think it was his quote. He said, "If this, the quote was, if you don't make time for your health care, you'll make time for your sickness. Something True. like that. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. that really super similar. Yeah. Really, really similar. Like the time is going to be there. So you're either going to do it right the first time or you're yeah. going to pay in whatever ways. So I would say two things. The first thing is you said like, oh, people, you know, tend to drive the same ways each day or whatever, you know, because there is a process to their life, whether they realize it or not. What is my personality is I actually and this is really serious. Mm-hmm. I like to take a new way to the same places I go like every other day intentionally. Like I'm like, oh, I think I'll make a right on some random street. I just did it this morning at a board meeting <laughs> and I should have made a right on one street and I made a right a half mile earlier because I was like, oh, I just want to see what the neighborhood looks like through here. And um, I know how to get there from here. You're know, like, I do it all the time. I'd say at least every other day, if not almost every day. What does that say about me? Well, it says that this book is for someone like you because, <laughs> because the, uh, the third mindset is that, you know, process is going to turn everyone into a bunch of robots and it's going to steal, you know, it's, it's going to take my creativity away from me and just, and make my organization, you know, and, and that's not, the case what happens is when you don't have process that's what's stealing people's freedom and and not making you know when you don't have process in place when you have to train and retrain employees how to do things the same way or you know build and rebuild a product because it wasn't built consistently or you're constantly you know addressing unhappy you know customer reviews that is the thing that's stealing business leaders freedom and once you have processes in place then you do have the freedom to, you know, let me go a different route or let me, you know, let me build my product or be more, be more creative. Um, you know, if you think about Izzy Sharp, who's the founder of the Four Seasons Hotel said, if you systemize the predictable, you can humanize the exceptional. And it's around the fact if you go to the Four Seasons Hotel, you know, everyone has a process for, you know, how you check in a bag. They know your name before you've even made it to, to the receptions desk, receptions desk, because they have those processes in place. They can create amazing experiences for, the guests, they can, you know, bring someone their favorite coffee or cocktail at poolside or, or if someone had mentioned in passing, they forgot their sunscreen. You know, they provide these beautiful experiences. And that's 
even what I find with my clients, when they have processes in place, they have the ability to, you know, make an exceptional first, first day of work experience because they had a process for onboarding people and, and getting them in the door. So the first day, you know, I've seen clients have, you know, balloons and people's business cards already on their desk or their uniform with the name on it or, or, you know, sending a bottle of champagne to the family saying, welcome to, you know, our company's team, just because they have all the other stuff dialed in. When we were researching for the book, we got to hear about so many great examples of when you have the even baseline processes in place, that's what allows you to, to do the exceptional fun stuff. And, and not to, you know, in, in my example of driving to work, maybe it's, maybe it's not a good example or maybe it is, but when you have stuff dialed in, then you do have the freedom to like use your creative side and innovate and update and, and, and provide the level of service you've intended, not only in your, in your business, but in your household as well, because you have more time to do the stuff that matters. I love that explanation. I actually really needed that explanation and it makes your subtitle make so much more sense. So process how discipline and consistency will set you and your business free. I wish you so much luck um, with getting this book out into the world. I think that we can all, I always say this, like employees are everything, right? They're parents, they're siblings, they're human beings or community members or leaders where that's just one role they play. So um, I love that you made this come true. Congratulations. Thank you. The best. And I love how stimulated I was talking about it. My, <laughs> my mind is swirling with ways that if I could get processed better, I would probably be a lot more free and have more room for my bursting creativity that just right. comes out in very random places and times. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Your reviews mean everything. Thank you.